Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. At Sport Clips Haircuts, they hairdo like no one else hair does. That's because not only is it the home of the champion haircuts, but they also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. With the MVP haircut experience, your haircut gets turned up a notch. That's because the MVP is more than just a haircut. It's a spa day for your hair follicles. It's a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on TV. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. Hey, it's Big J Okerson and Dan Soder. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Bonfire, Bonfire Podcast. Podcast. We'll have new episodes every morning, Tuesday through Friday. If you want more Bonfire, you can hear our full show every day on Sirius XM. The Bonfire. Please welcome the hilarious Ted Alexandro, whose new album, The Lost Album, is out now, available at tedalexandro.com. And the Ted Alexandro Show live streams every Thursday and Sunday on YouTube and Rockfin. Rockfin? Rockfin? I suck. Guys. Rockfin. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we, we, sound it out. Use yeah, your context clues. Ted, I guessed all the way through school. All right? I know Guys. you're a former teacher. It, awesome. I am just happy to be with you. Uh, I don't care how you pronounce anything. Uh, <laughs> Good. Well, welcome to the bonfire. That is the thing. With yeah, me. thank God, because yeah. Uh, <laughs> we just found out yesterday that we've been saying we should ask Ted. Yeah. It, Contiguous. So, yeah, let me read you the end of this ad read we had. So we have Ted, a, help us out. We're kind of in bed with big Wendy's. <laughs> we're we're pumping I, on the down low. I'm, I'm with you. OK. Yeah. We're pumping their agenda of major savings. Also <laughs> trying. We're, uh, we're also trying to woo another advertiser coming on for tasers. But that's a different. We found story. out the Bennington show has a deal with taser dot com. How cool is that? That oh, is man. great. Uh, and it is pronounced woo. Is that is that what you're going to ask? it's woo that's the proper it term woo, yeah. to win yeah, someone absolutely. over no, in wendy's, affection? Yep. wendy's would like you to know and tell me if i'm saying this wrong and uh, it's it's the c word that i'm gonna say here <laughs> that they're gonna say i'm saying wrong okay fresh beef available in the contiguous u.s and canada who wrote who who wrote the like what some kind of ad, ad nerd? campaign? Yeah, Dave, ad Tom, nerd is- Dave Thomas, dude. Here's the deal. <laughs> we know that's not meat. We know Wendy's is giving us some sort of you know poor people bones and no no and- real big real fresh beef, dude. That's their thing. Don't come well, down I, at Wendy's. Don't come at Wendy's. Yeah, like and that. I I hate to uh to you know to step on uh, what could be a, a burgeoning and I think I'm pronouncing that right relationship with Wendy's. Sure. Uh, but why would you even use a word that in any way resembles contagion yes. uh, when we're coming out of a pandemic? You know That's what I'm saying? Question. That's a good question. Well, here's the other thing. Not only that, but the sentence itself says fresh beef is available in the contiguous U.S. and Canada. Now, I don't know if I live in the contiguous U.S., so am I not getting fresh beef? Like, yeah. that's, Does that mean only landlocked states get that? I That's can't believe we haven't too. looked it up yet. 
Why would you, I mean, isn't your whole thing hot and juicy, uh, like fresh beef, like no matter where you live, the beef should be fresh. That's what, that's what I was led to believe growing yeah. up. Yeah. Okay, well, it's so it's not fresh beef in Alaska and Hawaii is what they're saying. It's the, it means the 48 uh, contiguous states. So, the, the yeah. The, okay, and also, can you see how to say it? When I was push in the Ala- button next to it. Yeah, push the button. But when I was in Alaska, they called it the lower 48. Mm. How's it sound? Bang it out. Contiguous. Contiguous. Get the fuck out of here. Contiguous. Contiguous. I would have, oh. Jay, I would have sided with you on that. I would have sided contiguous. with you yeah contiguous. Um, by the way when right. i say it with when i said contiguous i the first time i've said it was the first time i read it was the first time i knew it was a word in that very ad uh weeks ago and was so proud of myself that i was like i said the word probably exactly how you say it and it's gonna make people think like look at jay's not even questioning he goes yeah of the contiguous united states contiguous. Can, I share, can i share an embarrassing uh memory that just popped into my head Please. I remember in in high school, and I was I was a decent student. Uh, reading the word drought, okay, incorrectly because honestly, I like I don't know how I made it to whatever age I was sixteen, seventeen, and hadn't come across drought. So I think yeah. I said like draft or draft draft or something like that, and mm-hmm. like the class is laughing, and uh, the teacher's like looking at me like you don't know how drought is spelled, you know. So like yeah, just so Jay. How, what what I'm was trying to age? say is, don't don't feel uh, shame at coming oh. across a word. You, you know, you, but, but I was you, saying, you, how old were you when that happened? High school. So I don't know. Uh, maybe that's 16, the most 17. That, that's the most pressure with embarrassment. That is yeah. where like that's like Olympic athlete a level of pressure all the time socially. You know, well, yeah, because I considered myself relatively uh, with it. Like you know, I mean, and, and the you're word like drop. You're like drought, and they're like, "Oh, Ted's an idiot." You know, if like, you no. really, it's funny if you if you put a toothpick into me anywhere, you start to see where my humor came from and what my like what I'm associated with from the things, even a conversation like this, sure, that we're having, where you learn words like that, and I learned uh, the the word depot uh, is not depot. Sure, I learned mm-hmm. that because uh, in the in the shopping center my mom worked at when I was younger, uh, there was a place called the Video Depot. And as a kid, I could walk in there and you can see behind the thing uh, porno movies Ah, at the at the Video Depot. That's your episode one story? And so, you, you know, I, said, I was see... like, I remember being a kid and having going like, I was like, man, there's like, there's, you can see porn there in the Video Depot. And they were like, it's Depot. I go, still. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Still, I goes okay. Uh, noted. And by the way, n- so noted that no, no, still no. rings true in my head today. That moment. I'm, I'm talking about being like eight, nine years old. Sure, maybe. sure. So and then like, you have uh, the word uh, uh, despot, right? Which is uh, just an s away from depot. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, so yeah, it, and sounds the way you think it does when you call it a depot. A depot. I wonder if there's yeah, a, yeah. A, a video des a video despot, which I don't know what that would contain, but probably the porn's good. Yeah. You know, did did you ever do in your uh, young time in comedy, Ted? Did you ever? Because like, there's that's one of the hack like bits that like fourteen people you know also had was like Austin Houston. Uh, no, not that. No, like the hey, I'm a. Fu- <laughs> Why would you get with that hamburger when you can have a fillet mignon over here? You know the <laughs> thing like right. That. Yeah the the uh, yeah, mispronunciation the of something oh. fancy. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. The Cabernet, you know, a glass of Cabernet. 
That feels oh, like yeah, a joke yeah. that would just blow apart a Long Island room, and then you're like, well, I'm in trouble. Which is kind of where I started. I started between the city and Long Island, so it was like the worst possible combination. Wow. I, yeah, I was hearing the Follette Mignon uh, <laughs> regularly. And then going oh, into yeah. the city and trying to forget about it. Yeah. Oh, man. You're coming in here doing original comedy in the city, then going and getting buried when they make a Syosset reference in front of you. <laughs> my, my, ex-wife, my, <laughs> my, ex, my ex-wife is deep in the uh, Long Island comedy circuit now. And, she's, uh, and so I've just come across these people. And, man, it's the ones. They probably hate me anyway, so it doesn't matter because like, they're all pretty bitter dudes sometimes, I think, out there. But, like, yeah. The fifty-something, sixty-year-olds that are still banging out those like spicy boys Wednesday night shows at VFW halls and shit—you're like, damn, dude, oh, this was man. not what you. This was not how you saw it. <laughs> this was not the thing you saw. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I think it kind. They kind of saw. I think they kind of saw it. You know. Uh, Do you think like, that ma- there was a moment where they just like went into it and were like, okay, steakhouses and fucking VFW, Fire, yeah, firehouses, VFW halls, that whole that whole but circuit, what's the- man. Why go like, like let's say they'll do a gig. I'm doing a gig in Pennsylvania tonight. So you're driving out to the gig. It's going to be shit money, shit money, no pussy. Wh- wh- what are you doing it for? Like, what's the what is, what's the dr- attraction you're looking for there? Then the lifestyle. I understand I the money. I understand the money. I have first for money. You're like, oh, that's that's good money. But now we're talking about guys who mostly probably have day jobs. A lot of them are pumping the merch too. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, oh, a yeah. T-shirt that says like Fillette Mignon, like in, in oh my way, god, that bottom is know. third car. Yeah, yeah, oh. that kind of thing, man. You know, you know, guys who work backwards for merch yes. to build yes. their act. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that's that there, could you know could damn, this be a T-shirt? A is the scene. first the first thought. Uh, you know, I think I've told this story on the bonfire before, but this guy that was opening for me when I first started working, I did a weekend at Zany's Nashville. Um, and they did the thing where I only worked the late shows, you know, yeah. but they had a guy, so they had a guaranteed sellout on the first show. And then they were like, Hey, this guy's feature is good. Part of the deal is this guy's feature has to feature for you. And he was much older than I was. And he was just very wildly uncomfortable with the fact that I was younger than him. And he kept being that thing where I he's like, that, yeah. <laughs> I was headlining when you were a kid. And it's like, well, then you suck. Cause now I'm headlining. I always, one of my favorite stories, my favorite stories ever was something like that. And he was a nice enough guy, but it was just a weird Situated with being in the green room in Rascals, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I was uh, headlining like a one-nighter, I think, there. And Chips Cooney was opening. Yeah. He was, he was featuring uh, for me. And it was just, you know, I was getting a lot of those, like, what have you been up to? At this point, like, that was a big deal for me to be headlining that night, for sure, Yeah, uh, to me. And I just got off doing, like, some dates of the uh, Insomniac tour with David Tell. Hilarious. Jacob just left. And uh, I just got off that tour with him. And so he just goes, he was like, well, so what have you been working? I was like, oh, I, said, I just did a bunch of dates opening for a tell on this like theater tour he was doing. It was great. Uh, and as Chips Cooney, the two things I remember, as Chips Cooney had a top hat on, a tuxedo, and while he was tying the knot and a cape around his neck, he goes, oh, he goes, a tell's doing theaters? No, that's good. He was a funny kid. <laughs> just, right. like, just the casual way he said that, I was like, "What?" Well, there's, <laughs> and, and then yeah. he came, and then his, I'm sorry, his his ending bit was uh, where he gets he strips down to he's an older guy, and he's wearing pasties, and he had uh, he's a tidy whities with a shit stain in the back on purpose, you know, like a big goofy. That's the joke. Yeah, and and that guy dressed like that after his set, I didn't know. I was just in the green room. 
having that barge in the green room with his tuxedo, <laughs> like, balled up in his hand and tassels and a shit thing. And he comes in and he goes, hot crowd out there, man. Real hot crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted, I was saying, I'm doing a show. I'm doing a show at Lincoln Financial Field in a couple weeks. Oh, nice, man. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, but it's like this, this show and the thing. And they were uh, Big Daddy Graham, when I was younger, was a, he was a radio guy down there. I think a radio DJ, Big Daddy Graham. But he did comedy also. And he looked like a soap opera star almost. Like he had like feathered hair when it didn't need to be. And he he was one of the few white comics that came down to the headline weekend of his own crowd uh, at the Laugh House in Philadelphia. And I remember he had songs in his act and everything. And me and Kevin Hart used to actually like laugh like <laughs> sort of at Big Daddy Graham. Not with him. You know what I mean? You're like, Jesus Christ. What a fucking like antiquated act. So... um. I, yesterday for this show that we're doing, we had the big Zoom meeting, whatever, with the Philadelphia Eagles, like PR people and all the comics, just to give the backstory of that. And they said at one point, they go, and at halftime, they go, uh, you know, Big Daddy Graham? And I was like, oh, boy. And I'm, uh, I'm looking at like Two Ray, who knows who he is, too. I go, oh, yeah, well, I remember Big Daddy Graham, all right. And I'm getting ready to definitely <laughs> say something shitty or, or snide <laughs> and funny. And they go, well, at halftime, we're honoring him because he's paralyzed. Oh, and I no. went, ha. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm so happy I got stopped. The breaks, I go, but I mean, when they said, you know Big Daddy Graham, I go, oh, I know Big Daddy Graham. And they go, yeah, do I? Yeah. yeah. I, and I was like, worse than saying he died would have been is yeah. him going, he's paralyzed for life. Like, oh, oh. God. And he's going to be there <laughs> yeah. in his chair. By the way, the whole time. By the way, watching. Didn't say a word about this. this is how I, I, I love that I come on the radio. That's why I need to do everything on the radio. Uh, that's why I tried to talk to Anthony Jeselnik when there was a weird thing on the radio. I'm too much of a puss <laughs> to say the things or the problems in real life. They said, all right, so we're going to do like three comics and then the Big Daddy Graham tribute oh. and then three more comics. Oh. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> like, oh. that's not a good way to do it at all. <laughs> like, oh. You want to talk about a Philadelphia legend being paralyzed for life, newly somehow. Well, oh there's God. an outside possibility... You know, and forgive me for suggesting this, but maybe Big Daddy Graham is, is faking it because it's the best career move. Oh, uh, got point. him booked. Got him booked on this show. What if he? What if he stood up at halftime and then someone had if to follow stood, that? Right. You got to yeah. follow that. You go. Wait, he just miracle walked, and then it's like you being like, oh, so anyways, good to be here, Philadelphia. Uh. Yo, yo, Christine, what happened to Big Daddy Graham? Did you look it up? Have you? Well, I was going to ask Ted a question. Has he? Have you ever had? Oh, go anyone? ahead, then. I, I'm going to please. I'm going to shoot my shot. Have I ever had a nickname like Big Dad? <laughs> shoot your shot. We heard you were called Quicksilver Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want to know if you pick. I want to know if you picked that name up in Queens or in yeah. the city. I was like, I was but, like, uh, you're young too. They called you Ted the Truth Alexandra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're a schoolyard legend. We just make up a story for Ted. Ted, you inspired the Beastie Boys. Tell us yeah. how that happened. No, but when you, you know. Um, obviously you're like uh, one of my favorite comics and what's cool about you is you're such an awesome guy to talk to and be around has anyone ever been a dick to you and then you've had felt like while they're going up they've been a dick to you and then later in life they're just like done and you have to feel bad for them well you know what comes to mind not so much that but just like when people are a dick to you when you're starting out because sure, they that, have yeah. some some level of power exactly like i remember there were a couple guys who just ran open mics or whatever and they they were dicks to you because they could be 
Sure. And then years later, you know, as you kind of surpass or whatever, then they're then they're kind of like cozying up to you and acting like it, it never happened. Like I remember one guy like literally wouldn't let me go on because I had four people and you needed five Aww. for something. And uh, Andy like, Angle. <laughs> I just say the names. <laughs> Jay just rips the band in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Andy wound up being the best man at my wedding. So, <laughs> <laughs> so young comics never uh, never burn <laughs> never never turn around on on that. Never burn bridges. I uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't have it so much with like the young comics that were like shitty to me or kind of nasty. Like all just sort of phased out. Like that 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 was kind of like shaken out of the the net. Like right away, do you know what I mean? By the time I started working the clubs, like I wasn't really around those people anymore, and they kind of like just went by the wayside. More for yeah. me was like the way you're treated by like people who are the power people. There are like the what was his name, Roger Paul. That guy was an interesting guy who would do that. And he's oh, fine. Yeah. I don't, I'm not yeah, even like yeah. fuck, I don't even have like a fuck that guy thing at all. He would be probably blown away if I did. But just like, because he doesn't even remember. I just remember, though, when like Keith Robinson is a mentor of mine was like, oh, get Roger Paul a tape. This is like, you know, VHS is like, get Roger Paul a tape because he books a bunch of like, you know, he's basically saying like shitty stuff that like a, a new comic should be doing. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, that's huge. You know, but he's like all paying gigs. And like, I was like, oh, I was talking to Keith. He said I should give you a tape. And he was just kind of like, ah, but kid, like, don't bother. It was just like a very attitude of like, don't bother me. And, uh. And when I was really young, too, uh, Rick Dorfman, I called him. But again, I know now, like all these years in comedy, the call that I made to Rick Dorfman was annoyingly stupid to him. But like, he just wasn't nice. And if someone even calls you because I'm a young comic, you think he was, oh, kid, like what I needed from that phone call was more of like, and I think it would have taken the same time to be like, oh, dude, you're not like looking for a manager. Just do open mics and like have, you know, I think I did open mics for like three months and I was like, well, time to get a manager. And I just made phone calls right. out of the yellow pages and he happened to be in the yellow pages. Well, Dorfman was my manager. He was just kind of like dismissively like, it almost made me feel like I was stupid for calling instead of saying like, oh, kid, like just do this other thing. But Ted, you said right, that Rick right. Dorfman was your manager? He was my manager for, I don't know, five years or something in the early 90s. Uh, so what I'm saying is I can make the intro now. <laughs> yes! <laughs> if, you what feel, saying, if you feel ready. If, you feel if you're ready. ready for that shot, we were talking about managers earlier. On tomorrow's show, we were talking about assistants. It's time to link oh, up no, with and, Dorfman. And, and I think Rick's a guy. I, I know Rick now at this point. Like He's a good dude. I just, I just, you just remember. <laughs> Remember it. You just have that no, thing where you're course, like, damn, man, you could have been like cooler to me. Yeah, well, there's also yeah. a there's also a flip side of it. And Ted, you know, you've worked the Long Island rooms and every other room. Sometimes you have a booker that's like really nice to you or, or good to you or a promoter. And then you like work with them and then you have a friend that's like, that guy's a piece of shit. And you're like, well, he's nice to me. <laughs> and you have a yeah, weird every, thing. Every, where everything is always dependent on your relationship with the person, which exactly. is also dependent on where you are in your career. Right. So yeah. it's like if someone treated me like an asshole when I was, you know, first five years in, but then after I have a couple of specials or whatever, then they're like treating me like a human being, you know, you have to learn not to take any, as hard as it is not to take any of that shit personally. Exactly. Because- it's hard. I do think it's hard. I, yeah. I, I actually have a hard Real quick, let's talk about one of our awesome sponsors over here at the Bonfire, and that is Metro by T-Mobile. Mm. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in fine printer bills that seem to go up for no dang reason at all? I hate that. Actually, brands usually want me to say a lot of yada yada when I do ads like this. 
But at Metro, by T-Mobile, there's nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal. So here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited-time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada, yada, yada. Go to Metro by T-Mobile right now and switch while you can. That's Metro by T-Mobile, nada, yada, yada. You don't think I'm a sports guy. Oh. But I am a sports guy, but you don't have to be a stats guy. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know everybody to use this. And I'm excited. Prize picks, Prize picks dude. I get, to, I get to actually go on and have fun. It is with, self-explanatory. With sports, and it's easy to use, even f- if you're an expert. If, but if you're a novice like me, football season, it may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Quite simply, this is easy enough for Chicks and Bob to use. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks right now. America's number one fantasy sports app. Gamble on it. And Bob, where you can turn your hoop knowledge into serious cash. I don't have that much knowledge, but you know what? You don't need it. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks. I know what that means. Yeah. Well, it's pretty amazing. You're just going against the projected stats of two to six players. It's great. uh, More or less. That's it. So if they say LeBron James, uh, 30 points tonight, you're picking if he's going to get more or less than that. More, only. That's it. Quick 31 points, you win. Yep. 29 points, you lose. Yeah. 30 points, I think, is a push. And you know what? You can turn $10 into thousands of dollars, which I love, with the NBA, NHL, college basketball entries today. Listen, conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are, are getting closer. Be part of the action on prize picks for both men and women and, and Bob. Bob. College basketball prize picks even uh, offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. Tomorrow's uh, live show, I would say Bobby's projected farts are four. I'm going to go with more than that. Oh, my God. I'm hitting the over on Bob Farts on Monday. Yeah, Yeah, so you want to be in on this? Download the app today and use code BONFIRE for a first deposit matchup to $100. That's code BONFIRE, B-O-N. F-I-R-E for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Hey, real quick, let's talk about one of our amazing sponsors over here at the Bonfire, and that is Babbel, everybody. You know, one in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, 
University and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, and Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold to date. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Bobby. What's up, Jay? How are you? I am doing bueno. Bueno. Yeah. That's what I learned from Babbel so far. I learned one Bueno. Want to know what I learned from Babbel? Buenos noches. Non paletano, molto bene. What? Scusi. You watch your mouth. Bueno notte. Omerta. Buenos Aires. <laughs> La Costa Nostra. Roberto. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash bonfire. Get 55% <laughs> off at babbel.com slash bonfire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bonfire. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fine with it. I've never even attempted in 15 years to engage with uh, Chappelle and Chris Rock uh, when they're around simply because, like, at this point, it's frustratingly annoying that, like, <laughs> like I just know they've come in while I was on stage or come off. It's, it's like they've never just, you know, I'm the younger person who, like, why don't you say hi once <laughs> instead of like they pass me like they're like oh are you a comic and it's like you just see my face for twenty years dude like come on right. like, come you know on. what's even worse I, I go the other route uh, I mean not recently but when I was younger I actually gave uh, a line to rock one time like stupid after I, yeah. I stood, like I was like you know because I was I was genuinely like watching his set something I thought was good popped into my head and I did this with with Seinfeld too one time. Uh, you know, and I think it's the opposite. It's the same dynamic as what you're talking about, Jay. But it's my nerves and my whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like pretend like we're just we're all comics. I'll give you yeah, a laugh. Yeah. And both of them looked at me like, rightly so. Like, you know, what do you, what are you doing, man? I don't even know oh, you, dude. You know? That is the yeah. That but was... there's still a thing of like being like, I get, I have that happen to me all the time. People, fans have texted me entire bits that are just like not like I mean like word for word like many many pages long, and you're like. I just go like, oh, dude, I don't really do other material, but thank you, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a way to just handle it, like, not like, hey, dummy, yeah. what do you think this is? Smart? Now, here's the thing. Yeah. This is why I love radio. Because on radio, I'll go, hey, dummy. <laughs> but Because there's, not that it's a shield that I'm being fake by it. It's just like, I, I genuinely just like, I'm, I, I'm not confrontational and I like to be seen as like a nice person i think you know like, how do you mean how do you mean radio in terms of like if somebody offers you something like offers no, no, you no. like a suggestion or something i, I don't i don't know no 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 on yes oh, yes if somebody offered me a suggestion on a joke on radio i oh, go okay what the fuck is wrong with you are you offering right. me a joke you don't offer people jo and i can because i i know i'm entertaining by making it funny and ball busty aggressive right. in real life i just eat it man I just go, uh, I'm, I'm skittish and wormish. Like, oh, I don't really. It's great, but it's just not really my thing. I see the potential. There's something Yeah, there. yeah. I just don't know. So that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I really and just, honestly, I, I, I don't remember either of those guys being a dick, but I just felt so stupid. You know, like sure. they were both oh, like, eh, you yeah. know what I mean? You, you feel so yeah. stupid. that Yeah, you you're like, why did I, I've told this story on the show before, but Attell called me one time to run bits. And I gave him a tag, and he just goes, not looking for tags. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh fuck. My God. Oh, fuck. I was in San Francisco, and I remember hanging up the phone and being like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Yeah. So, but you're talking about them being dicks. A foolish mistake that I think a lot of people make when they move to New York City, especially when you've loved comedy your whole life, when you see Jerry Seinfeld, you're like, oh, shit, Jerry Seinfeld. 
you're very influential in a lot of people's lives with comedy and living in New York City. And I saw Seinfeld outside of Stand Up New York, and I was like, hey, how's, how's it going? And he was like, Ugh, like that, and walked by, and I was like, I understand that he's probably bombarded with, but there's a way to like there is throw a, a hand. Yeah, you realize and that's why I don't like believe. That nice. I don't believe when he came out years later and was like, "I'm autistic," you know, or whatever he said. He's like, "I'm on the spectrum." It's like that nah, yeah. seems like a convenient excuse because you've just been a dick to everybody. You know, well, he's at I, I, like he's at such a level. Yeah, that you yeah. know, just every everyone knows who he is and had the biggest Jerry. show. Yeah, right? he had the biggest show of all time. But I'm saying. I Dude, guess I, I he, doesn't disti- he doesn't distinguish between, sure. oh, you're a comedian and you're yeah. an annoying I, fan. Everyone's annoying. I, was, I, was, <laughs> Everyone's I always remember fan. there being years between us having this conversation of, uh, ben, I mean, it was the day I, for whatever reason, got Ben Bailey's phone number. By the next day, I was I still lived at home in Philly. I called him to punch up one because of his you jokes needed a, you needed a cab. How'd you get? Yeah. Yeah. This is the well because, before cash cab. I'm telling you right now, Ben, I am deep into Roman history. So if this ride has any of that, <laughs> no, I, give me all I, your money. I, I gave him a phone call to uh, punch up one of his jokes for him that he didn't ask me to do, and I will say he just like he was like he's like oh that's funny oh thanks yeah you know it's like I'll, I'll think about it man like maybe, and he hung up and he never did it with that bit as he shouldn't have, and. Years later, you know, being like a st- more established and knowing him, I was like, "Remember, I did that." He was like, "Yeah, it was bizarre." <laughs> like, he was like, "Yeah, of course." And I was like, "Yeah, of course it was." He was cool, but anything. He never was like. He wasn't like, uh, dude, don't call me with like uh, joke. That would and that would because made me go, that would make me go like, oh man, I'm an ass, and I'd be embarrassed to hang at the yeah. cellar and see him there. Like, I'm just like, I'm much more yeah, that guy. Yeah. Because it's such an intimate thing, right? It, it, it for me, it kind of has to come from somebody I have a relationship with, in, in terms of uh, a, a, a tag or something. Sure. If some random yeah. open micer says, "Hey, do this," I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'll be like, "Oh, thanks," but you know, no. But if one of you guys, like a, a peer, says, "Hey, uh, I thought of this and I like it," then I'll put it in. I think it's almost the equivalent of someone coming up and like uh, adjusting your shirt or your pants. Where you're like, "Who are you?" And they're like, yeah. "Hey, move the yeah. shirt back." And you're like, "Stop!" But if your yeah, friend comes up and goes, like, yeah, take your friend thing. comes up and goes, like, "Oh, okay, there." You're, sorry, your hood was out of whack, and you're like, "Oh, great." But it's just some open micer. Hey, Dan. And you're like, get the fuck away. Yeah. What are yes, you doing? Yes. And yeah. and I was thinking too with the Atel thing. Have you guys had the experience? Uh, I mean, this might have been exactly what you're describing. I'm not. I'm not sure. But the late where night he, phone call. Yeah, he's like, "Do you have a bit about Jesus yeah. riding yes, a that's unicycle?" That's exactly what I was. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, he calls me. He's like, <laughs> "We always say like, we always." I used to ask comic, "Is that a real one?" Yeah. Riding <laughs> no, a, no, but no, it's something he might Because I'll tell you why. Like I always, I say, you remember the weirdest one. I do this with comics a lot. For me, it was, uh, "Do you have uh, anything with Civil War reenactors and strap-on dildos?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just I mean it's got, always like such. I a just got one last thing. week where he says, "Do you still have a joke about? Do you have a joke about still using cash?" Right, even even like little yeah. things he throws out, like just cr- crack me up. Is like, oh, that's probably better than anything I have. Let me that's see what I'm saying. That's, last what I, time. that's what I always like uh, do with him. Is I fucking like. I don't. When he ever goes, do you have a joke about Civil War actors and strap on dildos? I go, no. But I mean, like, if I did, man, just do yours. It's probably, probably better. My favorite. My yeah, favorite. Just do, your, just do yours. One. Do one of my favorite tell moments was I was outside the cellar smoking a cigarette, and it was right after the Boston Marathon bombing, maybe two days after. And Atel comes up, and we're both smoking a cigarette, and he goes, 
So how many Boston Marathon jokes do you have? And I was like, I don't have one. And he's like, you don't have one Boston Marathon joke? And I was like, no, but I'll go write one. I'm so sorry I let you down. I didn't know we had homework. Oh, fuck. Are we doing current events? Him and, and Patrice were the only two guys that could affect my set with like a snide comment at all. Like, I, t- I was blown away. Like, the tell was always so like complimentary and like like good to my comedy and like really fostered it and, yeah. and, and put me out there for people. And it was just one show. I think it was Virginia Beach. He goes... You're going to close on that dog-eating buzzy bit again? And I was like, never again for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, yes. I go, oh, my God, that was like a negative from him was so like, oh. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just checking checking my phone for, for Atel interactions. And funny enough, uh, one, one of the most recent ones, I asked him to do uh, my podcast, and he's like, I'm doing the bonfire today. Can I, can I get back to you? Yeah, <laughs> we stole him uh, from you. <laughs> but that, Yeah, but then the second thing, he's like, uh, do you have a minute? And I'm like, yeah, sure, what is it? He's like, uh, important, I need to check a joke. Yeah, so then I, he so must have called. He must have called. Yeah. And then you get that block number, and he goes, are you at a safe location? <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Dolphin cops, do you got it or not? <laughs> it's the, dude, <laughs> right. Dude, I've had, I've gotten calls from uh, celebrities, like like, high, like deep, not high level celebrities, but like people that like don't have their number blocked. David tells the I only know it's him because it's the only block number that comes through. Still, I feel like it's, and the- I like to believe that he star sixty sevens it before every call. <laughs> that he writes it down, star six seven seven one eight. Ted, was there ever anybody that when you were like when you started comedy because you started in New York City, which I think is fucking crazy. I think it's like crazy just to be like, let me go to an open mic and just crack that well, thing. I, I was I was from here, you know, so it wasn't yeah. like I, I I had any other choice or anything else occurred to me. It was just like uh, I'm from here. So the good yeah. thing was being from Queens, I was halfway between Long yeah. Island and Manhattan, so I was kind of do, doing these B rooms that you know they could be decent. Uh, were you uh, did, were you were you like a start driving right at sixteen? Yeah, I had a car too, so that that that's, helped. That's, that's yeah. yeah, these New York kids don't. Yeah, so I mean, it, as far as getting reps and stuff, man, it, it was good to oh, to get yeah. a lot of stage time, and also you saw a lot of good comedy and obviously bad comedy. But that was I'm that was going to be my question: is who was the first person that you saw that when you started you were like, oh shit, this person's awesome? Because I started in Tucson. So the people I was seeing were like silent clowns that played the piccolo. And I was like, this isn't good. <laughs> so seeing a good comic, I was like, oh, shit. I think it was like Troy Baxley and Ben Creed were the first two guys I saw that were like, oh, shit, these guys are fucking good. Well, it's funny because you have that. I don't know if you guys had this experience where it's like a little bit skewed for you because if someone is is killing routinely, yeah. you kind of think like, wow, like that guy, that guy is good. That guy murders. Oh, shit. But then like with a little bit of time, you're like, oh, that guy's been doing the same exact act verbatim. I have five for- names I can tell you right now, all that I know in New York that when yeah. I first moved here, I was like, wow, they're really good. And now I'm like, they're still doing that joke. The bummer is we yeah. all have the same one. <laughs> yeah, we all just thought <laughs> the same one. Like, well, that name yeah. just clicked in all of our heads. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you had that kind. You held them in high regard, and then you kind of learned, like, oh, they're they're you know they're mailing it in night after yeah. night. But but um, yeah, I mean, there's there's in New York, there's so many. But uh, just to kind of continue on the Atel vibe, when you get words from somebody like that, I remember yeah. one time I had just done Boston, and he was downstairs uh, having a drink at the bar, and he just invited me down. Like, yeah. you know, I was maybe five years in or something like that. 
and he invited me down and like you don't even know how to act or like what to say you're just so yeah. excited like he you know it's like the godfather calling you in and uh he says, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen a bunch of your sets. Uh, I really like what you're doing. You have your own thing going on. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, and then I like had a drink with him where I don't know, like what I said or sure. whatever. I was it just felt like a date where you're in love with somebody. <laughs> Dude, it's, honestly, it's the closest I can ever the closest I've ever felt to being a lady was I went just just a, just like a, a, a love struck lady was I went to playwrights for Sam Merrill and Joe Mackey's birthday. They were having like a mutual birthday party. And Bill Burr was just sitting at the bar watching the Blackhawks brewing Stanley Cup. And he's like, Sauna, what's up? Sit down. He's like, hey, you want to And I don't know anything about hockey. So I just sat there being like his girlfriend, like, who are we cheering for? And then he'd be like, that's a terrible play. And I'd be like, that is a terrible Boo. Boo. <laughs> it, took me, it took me a decade of multiple seven eight hour plus car rides with a tell uh being on a tour bus with him for a little bit it took me all of those to get still not to he's still not a guy like i mean you got in a car to go drive somewhere sure i would just get the thing i make the thing i goes 80s fucking rock ballads dude that's what yeah. we're cracking and i'll sing it and be silly with you Atel is still i feel like i get in the car and go is this music cool like if you don't think it's cool i'll turn it <laughs> off it's stupid <laughs> like I st- yeah, and, and yeah. it took me 10 years to get there to, I, get, to get where now i'd be like oh dude i think you'll like this or do you care if i put on classic rock or whatever like you know it's like i could talk to him like a guy but i still i'm like i don't want to put on something that he would just silently sit there and not like for an hour dude. even though he doesn't care he's yeah. like i don't care put on whatever but it's like no, I want you to care, and I want it to be something you really think is cool. I want you to have the best car ride of your life. <laughs> yeah, I but he, I mean, he's a guy, too, that, life. like, he'll drop in, like, uh, Cats in the Cradle in, in his yeah. set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's, oh, yeah. You just come in, you go, hey, so I'm playing Harry Chapin live the whole time. We got WOLD, we got a little taxi. Maybe the drunkest I ever got. Uh, in comedy was with a tell for the same reasons we're talking about. It was at the Caroline's Christmas party. Oh, over, man. It's like to, you're talking about Fraser Ali at the garden right you now. You went over to playwrights. You're, right? you're, with, to playwrights. <laughs> you're with a tell in his prime. Yeah. A tell in his prime. And he buys me a shot. And like I was kind of already kind of buzzed and like kind of thinking about my exit plan for the night. Was this but, whiskey uh, or Jaeger years? I think it was Jaeger. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. I, it was that's Jaeger. when I came in, Jaeger years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, buys me a shot. You're not going to turn it down. No. So then all of a sudden, I'm like drinking with a tell for the for the night, and then we go over to playwrights, and he's buying more. And uh, yeah, I, I wound up. I was parked. This was when parking was easier on Broadway. Sure. Uh, I was parked right in front of Caroline's, and I woke up the next morning in my car in front of Caroline's because yeah. I was I was so wrecked. Yeah, I just slept. And what, slept and what you didn't know is that Dave was up at 8 a.m. writing new jokes. Completely fine. <laughs> yes. The driving, I believe that. Uh, driving someone you love. Uh, God damn. Rebecca Trent let me borrow her van, and I drove Colin Quinn up to Binghamton. And I had to do that thing with the entire car. Where I was like, is this okay? Is this okay? Like, and, then, uh, and then, you know, Colin's got that energy. He goes, can you stop being so damn nervous? And I was just like, oh, okay. I felt like a college kid picking someone up Dude, at the airport. When Attell did that to me one time, I, I was friendly with Attell already, but I didn't know Louie really at all. Uh, oh, but, I, yeah, yeah. I know this That's story. what he goes. And I, I, I don't know, but he, whatever is Attell points out, he goes, he goes, Louie, you should catch a ride with Jay. Jay's going up to uh, the comic strip right now, too. And he goes, you should ride with Jay. And he was like, 
is it cool? I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, of course. We didn't say a word to each other on the walk to the car. We got in the car and it was just two white men sitting back super straight while I drove. I drove safely there with no music playing. Maybe like light, very, I think I may have just to have any kind of not silence, some volume going. I didn't smoke because I didn't know if that would bother him, uh, like cigarettes even. And we drove there and when I, when we were on the block, whatever it is, like 81st or 82nd, the one when you come from above it, uh, I was turning on to 2nd Avenue and he goes, you got any gigs coming up? And I go, I'm going to the Montreal Comedy Festival. And he goes, oh, he goes, he goes, it's a good festival. And then uh, we both get out of the car quietly. And as he opened the door of the comic strip, I, I was started smoking. So I was staying outside. He goes, good luck at the festival, man. Just went inside. It was like two <laughs> sentences in 35 minutes oh. of being together. It was so awkward. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I know Louie now and he's great, you know, but like, those early times, man, I'm just like, I am not good at meshing in very... If I respect the hell out of you. Yeah. Do you well, know what I, I mean? It's like true of, yeah, that's true of everyone, you know, in, I think in comedy. Because honestly, the ones who go the other route and are so aggressive, you ever have like open micers come up to you like they know know you? Like they're did so... I guy, assertive, Ted, I a, you're like, did we fucking... Uh, do I know you? Did we work together? Ted, I had a guy DM me that was like, hey, take me on the road with you to open. Uh, here's a here's a link to my set. I can feature. I uh, I got a car I can drive. He didn't follow me. He he just DM'd me to open for him. Guy didn't even follow me on Instagram. You're like, right. what are you doing? You think yes. he's gonna like? I'm like, okay, yes, you. You think I got friends? That's weird as shit. Just like, hey, oh yeah, we got a we have a lot oh, of break, yeah. don't we? Well, I, I think actually, damn, we it. should probably. Let Ted go because we're going to take a break. Ted, we, we're going to read ads and come back and wrap the show. We up basically sure. fucked up and pushed all our commercials to the back. But Ted Alexandro's <laughs> album, The Lost Album, out now and available at tedalexandro.com. Ted is fucking hilarious and one of my favorite people. One in of comedy. my favorites. Also, Ted, those things you post, how cool is that? I love when uh, fans do art. That stuff they play. Oh, it was man. awesome. There was some Thanks, cool ones yeah. I saw today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's on my Instagram for uh, folks who want to check it out. They did like eight different, you know, different artists, painters, uh, illustrators. They did different renderings of, of me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so make sure you go check out Ted's new album, The Lost Album. Go buy it. And also make sure you go check out Big J at the Philly Comedy All-Star Celebration at Lincoln Financial Field. That's July 29th at 7 p.m. Shows also got hilarious performances by Delaware County Zone. Aunt Mary Pat, Aunt Mary Pat, Eleanor Kerrigan, Andy Letterman, Toure, and of course Big J in the Philadelphia native, also known as Love Craig, and Orlando, Florida. This weekend, June twenty fifth and twenty sixth, Jay is going to be at the Orlando Improv, then Appleton, Wisconsin. Go to BigJComedy.com for tickets. Uh, Dan Soder is going to be at Red Bank, New Jersey, this weekend. Uh, that is Friday, and then Saturday is going to be at the Bell House in New York City. Two shows. Get your tickets for that. After that, he's going to be in Dallas, Cleveland, Sacramento. For tickets and all other tour dates, go to dansoder.com. Ted, thank you so much for being with us, man. Always a fucking pleasure. Great uh, to see you guys. Not sure why I threw the F-bomb in there before. I really yeah. sent that message. Hey, man, it's a fucking pleasure hanging out with you. <laughs> I got to watch right back mouth. at you. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Sirius XM's Bonfire. New episodes every Tuesday through Friday mornings and full shows always on Sirius XM. Addiction plays hardball. 
he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.